Hello there, everybody. Welcome to the Titletown Sports Podcast. Uh, sorry that we've been gone for a couple weeks, but, you know, whatever. Deal with it. Life We're happens. your hosts. Yeah, life happens. Exactly. We have jobs. We have jobs. We have lives. But, but we've also got two weeks worth of takes to get to. So. We're lazy. <laughs> Motivation. We're like we're like Robert Williams, the latest Celtics draft. Motivation's <laughs> an issue. Drive, motor, all those things. Time you know, not our strong suits. All, you know, whatever. All bad. Uh, anyways, we are your hosts. My name is Craig. I'm Melissa. How are you, Clarky? I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, excited to talk about all the stuff that's happened over the last two weeks. Uh, yep, sure. Broadcasting live, broadcasting live from the Titletown Sports Podcast satellite offices in yeah. uh, Quincy. Yeah, Squanum Marshes. Yeah. Great, great, great. I'm on the corner of Stewart and Tremont in beautiful downtown Boston, <laughs> Massachusetts. Uh, He's just sitting hanging in a car out, holding a MacBook Pro. If you want to go rob him, now's your time. Anybody, anybody who has the Park Boston app, I'm in Zone Four Four Six. If you want to pay, <laughs> if you want to pay for my spot uh, for the next hour or so, that'd be great. Nice. Anyways, all right, you want to get caught up on the the bullshit that we missed from the last couple weeks? Sure, yeah, I'd love to. Let's uh, start with the Celtics. So yeah, the let's... NBA, no, I, I was going to say, since you kind of alluded to the Bob Williams, uh, the NBA draft was last week. The Celtics had the 27th pick, so there was a while before they picked. Um, and Danny seemed very excited to select Robert Williams from Texas A&M. You may not have heard a lot from him or about him yet from the local media, and it's because he's already missed two conference calls uh, announcing him to the media. And the one he did make, he sounded like he was half asleep and had a mouthful of marbles. I don't know if you you caught any of that, Craig, but it was classic college kid. I'm just doing this from my bed sounding. Yeah, yeah. in good news, the Seas finally opened their new practice facility called the Hourback Center right in your backyard in beautiful Brighton. That's true. That's true. Right in, uh, right in. I think it's Austin, technically. Whatever. You know, no one where cares. All the, where all the poor college kids live. Yeah, exactly. It's right next to the um, uh, Warrior Arena where yep. the Bruins now practice, which is pretty cool. I drive by them both every day, and they're they're. Pretty striking buildings. Yeah, they are good looking. It, it is a good looking situation they got going on mm-hmm. down there for sure. Uh, speaking of the Bruins, yeah, the uh, the NHL draft was also this past week. Uh, the Ooh. Bruins didn't have any first round picks. There were rumors that they were in the hunt for Ilya Kovalchuk, who uh, is a name that you, people may or may not recognize. Veteran NHL player, thirty five years old. He's actually been playing in the KHL in Russia since twenty thirteen, which is basically you know. A, a Euro League where there's no hitting and there's very low stakes, uh, and they made some draft picks. A bunch of dudes whose names nobody knows know. in the second, matter. third, fourth, yeah. however many rounds. Uh, but they were in the hunt with for Ilya Kovalchuk, who has since signed with the LA Kings. Yeah. Uh, they are also still, as of right now, uh, in the mix for New York Islanders center John Tavares, um, who uh, and this is his first free agent con- his first free agency period. So if they want to get him, they're going to have to pay quite a bit of money, uh, which means clearing some roster space. There's been some rumors about getting rid of David Backus, David Krejci, bigger names on you know sort of like mainstay names on the Bruins roster would be required to to free the space and uh, up for Tavares. Anyone That's- that jumps out to you that you'd be like, see you later, don't care if you're gone. Oh, for me. 
Yeah. The vast majority of the team would be see you later, don't care for John Tavares. <laughs> Uh, I'll talk more about that in my opening take, but yeah, I mean, I I could count the people that I wouldn't trade on like two hands. Anybody else is see you later. Oh, okay. Sorry to blow up your opening take there. (laughs) No, that's okay. That's okay. It's a big league tease. Let's talk uh, baseball, huh? Uh, Hey, the one team that's actually in action. Um, Since we last spoke, as we just said two weeks ago, the Sox have won 11 games, which included a sweep of the Orioles and lost eight. I think the most notable series um, was the second one against the Mariners. They played a Mariners in Seattle and again in Boston here. Yep. The first two games of that second series, the Mariners put up 17 runs. I don't know if you caught any of those, but it was brutal to watch. Um, But in game three, Chris Sale took the mound and shut out the Mariners. And I think what's critically important about that is it's like finally your ace stepping out, shutting it down and like, having a dominant performance where the bats finally came alive for him. So from a like Chris sale perspective, that was huge to see and a great win um, for him. The Sox and Yankees are now tied for first. Uh, technically, I guess right now the Red Sox are playing currently as we're recording. And I guess they're technically up half a game currently. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the Sox have played three more games than the Yankees somehow, which means the Yankees must have some incredible stretches without off days. Yeah, well, that was uh, the whole thing with the, the with fighting ESPN. Remember that because yeah, they've had so many yeah. rainouts, right? So that could prove well for the Red Sox down the stretch that they haven't had a ton of rainouts and like three games in hand is that's pretty significant in baseball as you're heading towards the midpoint of the season already. Believe it. Or yeah, not. totally. And they've basically been neck and neck, just trading off in first place for a better part of a couple months now. Right. Um, and obviously some big news came out about Hanley this week, but we'll talk more about that after our opening takes. Yeah, we'll get to the weird Hanley stuff later on. Um, Next. Speaking of, speaking of players in trouble, uh, Julian, <laughs> Julian Edelman. Our today. Yeah, so far so good. Uh, Julian Edelman, of course, the Patriots wide receiver, ha- is in the process of appealing his four-game PED suspension, uh, and that appeals process started on Monday, which, by the mm-hmm. way, is was yesterday, yesterday. today is Tuesday. Uh, he claims that the product he tested podis- that he tested positive for is not on the banned substance list, and that the lab. Uh, or the people that administered the test may have mishandled the test. Um, Bill Belichick also announced this week that the Patriots will not have joint team practices this offseason. Also, last week, Belichick and the Patriots canned the rest of their OTA program um, on the heels of Tom Brady saying that he wouldn't show up. We don't know that the two things were related, but in a very un-Bill Belichickian move, he just canceled the last four days of the off-season, uh, off-season uh training program and said, I'll see you in training camp, boys. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, you you can't be excited to see these kind of changes to form. I think one thing we've all loved and appreciated about Bill Belichick is that consistency and, like, working hard has been his mantra for 18 years. And to see that kind of all going out the window this year is concerning at best. Yeah, and and, and I've, I heard some differing reports there. What One thing I heard, there was basically, like, two, two sort of different pieces of analysis on the canceling of the OTAs. And one was that these offseason OTAs are primarily like passing camps. Like more than anything else, they're working on like getting the offense down through the air. So like if you're fucking starting quarterbacks not there, there's no point in having Brian Hoyer run the passing camp. And the other sort of school of thought that I heard a lot of reporting around was that like Belichick is kind of making an effort to like 
be more like player friendly, which is odd. Sort of to your point, it's like, uh, is that really a functioning strategy for Bill Belichick? Like, I don't know if he's capable of pulling that off. Well, and is there a player friendly coach that's been long term successful in the way he has been? Right, and the key key phrase there being long term, and and the answer is no. There really hasn't been right. It just makes me that much matter knowing that like these OTAs are really based around like the passing game and developing that part of the offense that that Brady's not going to them. Brady and Gronk for that matter. Yeah, Brady and Gronk and you know now that they're canceled Edelman and everybody else obviously, but here's one last piece of Patriots news is that Tom Brady on his Facebook slash Instagram whatever this week posted videos of him and Julian Edelman working out in Brookline. Again, like we've talked about this before, but like, I mean, it's one thing if he's got family obligations. It's another thing if he's sure. got, you know, some Under Armour appearance somewhere, you know, out, out in the world. But like, he's literally, you know, 20 miles away working right. on football with Julian Edelman, like the one guy he probably doesn't need to get any reps in with. And it's just so frustrating watching him like he's doing the thing that the team wants him to do. He's just choosing to do it separately from the team, which is infuriating. Right, by himself. Right. He's not right. like recovering from an injury. Or, nope. Yeah, oh God, I can't. I can't. He's literally running a passing camp. He's running a private <laughs> passing camp for yeah. himself and Edelman. He's just the guy that's only inviting the friends he wants to the party. So instead brutal. of the whole class. It's so rude. So He's brutal. The worst. We'll talk more about him later too. Speaking of things that are awful, let's try to keep this good transition situation. I up. like it. Okay. Uh, yeah. I understand you have an opening take about uh, something for the people here. Oh yeah. This not is your a- opening take. I don't think your opening take is going to be awful. To be clear, I just think the the subject matter. Go on. You go. You just go. It could it could go either way. Honestly, I don't <laughs> don't give me too much credit there. Um. So this past two weeks we did see drafts for both the nba and the nhl so Mm -hmm. like lots of press they're mostly televised you hear a lot about them they also televised the nhl and nba awards and my god what a bag of hot garbage like why are you bothering to produce this and put it on tv and make your players and your executives and your coaches go through this embarrassment of a situation they bring out these, like, I don't even know if D-list is the right word, celebrities, personalities to, like, present the awards yeah. and fill time and, like, filibuster in a lot of ways. And it's, I don't even watch it. I just, like, hear about it later or read articles. And I am physically uncomfortable for everyone involved just hearing about it. Yeah, it's like the, all the stiffness of any other uh, award show with none of the celebrity star power. You know, it's like all the yeah. all the discomfort with none of the payoff of like watching right. people that you care about. Because even the, the people speeches. themselves, like you know, George Clooney at the Oscars is at least in his element. You know, watching right. fucking Anze Kopitar accept <laughs> accept an award <laughs> for like winning lots of faceoffs in the NHL is just not a comfortable situation for anybody no. involved. Yeah, especially when it's presented to it by, like, two guys that have a YouTube video. Like, I I feel like maybe next year we could present an award. We should just offer ourselves up. Yeah, we could get I, on the list. We could get a call back, I think, at least. At least a tryout for it. <laughs> DJ Khaled, I just made myself so old. DJ Khaled, like, hosted the NBA Awards uh, Well, Monday there's night. some legit, there's some at least some legitimate star power at the NBA Awards. We'll give him that. There one. was much more star power at the 
the NBA awards. I will give them that. But it's not Beyonce and Jay-Z. It's like Kelly Rowland and DJ Khaled. Khaled? Oh, man, you're you're just killing me with the pronunciation (laughs) on that. Khaled. 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 Millennial's my second language, so I'm not good at it. Um, But... He would like randomly stop talking about what they were talking about to just like shout out someone in the audience. Yeah, like he, good strategy, like he, good hosting. Like strategy. he was rolling through a club and was like, "There's my boy Andre." It's like, what the fuck <laughs> are you doing? Who are you talking to? We don't know these people that you're and just it's like, shouting yes, at. Yes, DJ Khaled. I assume you would recognize lots of the people in the crowd, given that right. they're all NBA superstars and other celebrities. It's not like right. a random coincidence that you just happen to see Shaq in the crowd. Like he's right. there because yeah. you're hosting the NBA Awards. You should expect to see some NBA players. Right. Oh, oh, Charles Barkley's there. Strange. Um, there was one funny moment at the NBA Awards, though, where Charles Barkley was up on stage and he was talking and he was talking to about Bill Russell, and then they panned to Bill Russell, and he was f- giving him the most aggressive finger. Yeah, and he gave him the finger, which was classic. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Oh, there, there was there was another classic moment in the NHL awards where because they I think they were held in Vegas. Yeah, I think they they're were. actually always held in Vegas, or they were they last are. year, anyways, and then they were this year again. Where they hired some like Vegas, this you know, speaking of D list, this like below the D list, like they hired some like Vegas card magician to do this like big reveal of the selkie award trophy winner which turned out to be anze kopitar and he had this like big elaborate card trick and when he was supposed to lay the cards down they were in this like three by three square that were supposed to be a picture of anze kopitar which they didn't end up being and it was just a big awkward disaster the (laughs) to add insult to injury anze kopitar then gets up from his seat the card trick guy magician sticks his hand out like ah fuck me right and like goes to shake his hand and kopitar just (laughs) walks right by him (laughs) so it's like not only did this guy just like fall on his face on national tv but he also got dunked on by kopitar and just didn't shake his hand and just walked away he just Super got shamed too. He's just shaking his head now. Yeah, it's uh, not. Yeah. it's not a great night it's for anybody. The, it's the worst. Like these leagues, just stop investing your time and your money and stop embarrassing your players. Just have a very classy, classic dinner reception. Announce the recipients and like post it on Twitter. That's all I need. Yeah, dial it back a little bit. That's all. Right. You don't need the production value. Yeah. Some notable uh, Bruins. Snuffs because no Bruin won yes, any NHL no award Bruin, this year. I was going to say, but yeah. Patrice Bergeron is a perennial candidate for the Selkie Trophy. For those that don't know, yep. the Selkie, Selkie Trophy is the uh, best defensive offenseman. Uh, so the best defensive yeah, offensive player. Right. Uh, and it's like him, Kopitar, uh, uh, Pavel Datsuk used to always win this award. Jonathan Taves gets this award a lot. So it's like this kind of same bunch of guys in there every year. As well yeah. as the Jack Adams Award, where Gerard Gallant, who was the coach of the Golden Knights, was like a shoe-in this year. But if it weren't for the ridiculous Golden Knights show, uh, story, uh, Bruce Cassidy would have been a contender for that also. So those were sort of like, if they did runners-up, which I don't believe they do, then you had you, you, Bergeron was in the mix for the Selkie and uh, Cassidy was in the mix for the um, the Jack Adams Award, which is the Coach of the Year Award. Um, one other thing that happened at the NBA Awards that was interesting is so y- you talked about the Coach of the Year at the NHL. Yeah, well, right. in the NBA, the Coach of the Year was Dwayne Casey. Yeah, the Toronto uh, coach, right? Well, the former Toronto former coach. Toronto coach. Yeah, so exactly. he is now the. Detroit Pistons coach because he was fired by the Toronto Raptors. And I just, he actually handled his speech with 
class and grace. Uh, but I can't imagine getting fired and then winning the coach of the year award. Like, it, is that just insult to injury? I, bizarre. Bizarre situation. Yeah, it definitely. It, and, it, and it goes to, uh, it, it reiterates that. And a lot of people feel some sort of way about this. I, I personally don't care. But like the fact that the, the the NBA and NHL awards are all regular season awards. So any postseason right. accolades or failures are not taken into account. So it's just strictly regular season. What did you do during the season? Because right. um, obviously that levels the playing field for teams that may or may not have, or players on teams that may or may not have made the playoffs. So yeah, a little awkward anytime that that happens. Uh, so... Uh, what's your opening take this week, Craig? I think you uh, want well, to reference back our Bruins conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. So my opening take this week uh, has to do with one uh, John Tavares, Jonathan Tavares, who is, you know, he's a prominent NHL all-star, but, like, you know, in Boston we have a lot of casual Bruins fans, hardcore Bruins fans, and then, like, hardcore hockey fans. And unless you're really a hardcore hockey fan, you may not know this guy's name, but... John Tavares is, like, the most legit player that the Bruins have been rumored to be at the table with basically in for the last probably 10 years. I can't think of a player that is a more impactful... Uh, a more impactful player, a more talented player, all that stuff than John Tavares that the Bruins have been, like, legitimately rumored to be at the table with. Mm-hmm. I know I was all, like, rock hard for Rick Nash earlier this year, and I was all <laughs> psyched that they signed, like, a legit NHL superstar yeah. who, and I mean, I stand by my excitement at the time, but obviously Rick Nash did not turn into the thing that we thought he could potentially be for the Bruins. He turned into much more, something much more close to what he has always been. Yeah. Shame on he me for thinking otherwise. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, but John Tavares <laughs> is a, a perennial all-star. He's a big center uh, plays for again plays for the New York Islanders who are part of a trash bag NHL franchise and he's looking to uh, f off as I would yeah, imagine you might also uh, anybody yeah. who's in that situation and 27 years old again like first free agent uh, first p- free agent per- uh, period mm-hmm. of his career like I'm just psyched that the Bruins are at the table you know this is sort of like one of those moments if you remember like. I think I guess two off seasons ago where like the Celtics got a meeting with Kevin Durant and everyone was like holy shit like you know this may or may not turn into anything but like just the fact that they like got a meeting with Durant is like that's good news just generally big picture for the franchise I feel the same way about this with the Bruins and by god if they could sign this guy that is again nothing like the Rick Nash thing but legitimately franchise altering free agency signing yeah and I think he's only it, like meeting with four teams, like only four teams were able to yeah. put together a presentation to give to him. So for the Bruins yeah. to be in that is, you know, good for the organization. I think it shows their like commitment to bringing talent in and not just being satisfied with, they made it to the, you know, I can't think of the word second round of the playoffs for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, yeah. Conference semis like, for sure. Yeah. Thank you. They weren't a scrub team. So, you know, for them to still be going hard after talent is it speaks well of the Bruins as too. Yeah, yeah. They, they. I, I love the. I love the approach. Yeah. The four teams are the Bruins, the Maple Leafs. You heard some rumors about the San Jose Sharks, the Dallas Stars. Uh, I heard some Weird. rumblings on Tampa, New York Rangers, and then the Islanders. Like technically have. Right. I think like just the way the CBA, like the way that the the league works, is they have like the last sort of offer comes from right. them. Um. So, anyways, th- that's like the short list of teams. Um, but yeah, I mean, you asked earlier who I would give up. He, so Jonathan Tavares yeah. is a center, um, right. 
Rick Nash was a wing. And the idea with Rick Nash, <laughs> Rick Nash and with Ilya Kovalchuk was to put them next to David Krejci. If you signed Tavares, you'd probably have to get rid of Krejci, which I would be That's perfectly fine. okay with. My untouchables list on the Bruins is basically five players. It's Bergeron, okay. Marchand, Pasternak, Jake DeBrus, Charlie McAvoy. That's it. Pretty much anybody else. I'm good. If it means I can get Tavares, I'm pretty much cool. Particularly any of the veteran players that like make a lot of money right. um, to clear off the space, like you sort of alluded to earlier. Uh, wh- whoever. Chara, Krejci, Bacchus, Tuca, whatever. I'm game. If it brings back Tavares, I'm, d- I'm down to clown. You know, I'll, I'll retool this roster any day of the week. Yeah. Well, I think they need a little bit of that, too, Like, because you saw in the playoffs that, I don't know, some of those guys just couldn't bring it for the entire season. Like I'd be fine if Krejci left and I know he's a big name and people like him, but he he's all regular season. Like what does he do in the playoffs? He suddenly just goes cold every year. It feels like, well, he, it, early in his career, he was kind of just the opposite, but and I, and certainly in that 2011 year where he, you know, where the Bruins won the cup and in 13, where they went to the cup, like he was a, he was a big time playoff performer. But since then, it's been kind of like you sort of know the reputation, but the, he hasn't. His actual play hasn't really lived up to that. Right. I just find, I just find myself screaming. Yeah, I mean he's the highest paid player on the team, mm-hmm. and you know he's just. It, it's not that I don't like David Krejci. It's just that you know I'd rather have John Tavares. I think really any rational NHL fan would would yeah. would agree. Um, so I'm psyched about the prospect. I really. I mean, I would do backflips if he came to the Bruins that would be that would be some serious franchise altering shit yeah and I think he's only like 27 so if you signed him to an eight-year deal which is I don't know seems like kind of the way the league tends to go he's only 35 when that deals up like that's not crazy in the NHL no I mean he's right in his prime um and he doesn't have a whole lot of like he's played basically like a full season every season he's been in the league Mm -hmm. but the Islanders are not I think they made the playoffs last year, but they haven't made them. They didn't make them this year, and they haven't made them a bunch before. Like, not a lot of tread on the tires. You know, this isn't like the LeBron thing where he like goes to the fucking finals every year and he just plays right. you know x amount more games than anybody else. Like, he's young, he's fast, he's big, he can score, he's a leader, he's the captain of the Islanders. Um, like, it would be it would be great. I mean, there's just no there's really no downside, other than the fact that he's going to be expensive, but. You know, the highest sure. played player in the NHL makes like twelve million a year. That's Connor McDavid up in fucking Edmonton. Um, so I think you've got to figure he'd be like just a notch below that. I mean, he's not gonna like set the high water mark, but I mean he's gonna be an expensive player, but there's no right. reason to think he wouldn't be worth it. Yeah, and wouldn't it be nice to see them invest in a relatively young player for a change? Yeah, I mean and and really the Bruins aren't known for being active all that active on like the free agency market. I mean, you know, they don't have that they don't historically they haven't been a team that really acts with deep pockets and you know i don't know that just hasn't really been their mo i mean the last like major free agent they signed was probably like zidane chara like 10 years ago yeah uh like they're i'm trying like scratching my head trying to think of a big a big time like fruit, name. big big name free agent that yeah. they've signed in the off season yeah chara was the first one that came to my mind too i can't think of anyone that they've like made a move for and signed that you were like, yeah, shit. Yeah. Great. 
Yeah, I mean, and there's been some good names, but just not actually, they, they weren't good players at the time. I mean, Jerome McGinley, Rick Nash, uh, although that wasn't a free agent, yeah. that was obviously a trade, but Jerome right. McGinley, Yarmer, Yager, like these guys are, you sure. know, the, you recognize the, the names, but they were over the hill at the yes. least, you know. NHL 2K team, you'd be great. And that would be, the, that would have been the Kol- <laughs> the Kovalchuk thing. We didn't talk last week, but I was uh, I was uh, hard against the Ilya Kovalchuk signing. Yeah, I'm glad I, I was out on that, because he's exactly that, he's a name, but he's been playing in the KHL and like the reason that's important is that he hasn't been playing against NHL talent since 2013. His body is not going to be ready for a full NHL season. Yeah, I I also I think about the 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 commitment and like the heart of any NHL player that just is like, "Man, I'm going to go play in Russia." You know what I mean? Like it's just like yeah. if you that that tells me that like at 30 years old you were just ready to like say no to the entire NHL. And right. go play in a much more comfortable environment where you're like a god. He's Russian, P.S. Playing in the right, playing in the KHL in Russia, um, and like you know that, that just doesn't. I don't really feel like that guy's going to be anything different than what Rick Nash was, which is like great talent, doesn't really bring it the way you wish they would, and you know mm-hmm. that's all you yeah. get. So, anyways, torque for Tavares. That's my take. talk about this crazy ass Hanley story that came out this week uh yeah I sure am I sure am do you want me to tell you a little tale about it yeah I'd love for you uh, I'd love to you to get us all caught up on the on the on the happenings great so in May you'll have to excuse me I don't know the exact dates I want to say it was May 16th sure Uh, mid-May we'll say mid-May mid-May Hanley still solidly playing for the Boston Red Sox. Oh, yeah. Every uh, day in the two-hole, basically. Yes. Yeah. A gentleman is driving from New York to Boston. He gets pulled over by the police, for breaking some sort of moving violation, I assume. Yeah. Um, and the cops, you know, run his plate, run his license, and he has previous arrests for drugs. Um, they ask to search the vehicle, as you do. They're searching. They come across a cardboard box and they say, can we open this cardboard box? And the driver of the car says, well, I'm actually bringing that box to Hanley Ramirez. His mom shipped it to me and it has some of his books in it. And I'm, I'm driving up. And they were yeah, like, we were told he told the cop that there were books, books in the box, yeah, big box books, of books, obviously books, uh, heavy books, uh, this guy inexplicably for some reason then FaceTime Stanley Ramirez. Okay. Using your technology, I guess. Then hands the phone to the cop who asks Hanley Ramirez if he can open the box. And Hanley says, sure, dude. Well, I think I think Hanley also said, that ain't my box. Do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, I, I yeah, don't know okay, nothing about that box. Right. The cop opens the box and it has two kilos of fentanyl in it. Plus two other- kilos yeah. of fentanyl. This is yeah. the same fentanyl you've read about in the news that when, like, a cop walks by it, he, like, overdoses yeah. instantly and gets taken to the yeah. hospital. Two yeah. fucking kilos of this shit. Yeah, and so the guy's obviously arrested, and the crime he's charged with is for having more than 400 grams of fentanyl. And so when you—yeah, he had 2,000 grams of it. And it's like, it changes the classification of the— um, charge when it's over 400 grams and he had five times that amount on him. 
So Jeez. needless to wait, say, wait, wait, wait. But yeah. you can't just roll around with 399 grams of fentanyl. That's also a crime, right? But that's just like a different that's striation. Also crime. Correct. Lesser crime. Lesser gotcha. Crime. Okay. 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 Just want to make sure that yeah. we're providing sound legal advice to our listeners yeah. who, you know. Yeah, d- uh, no, the sound advice is don't touch fentanyl, don't have fentanyl, don't transport <laughs> fentanyl. But if or you are in, in the case of Hanley Ramirez, don't be friends with people that do that either. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, cut to a few days later. What is it? May 25th. Hanley gets DFA'd. Um, and now all of a sudden this story is coming out about this drug bust and this guy FaceTiming Hanley and it's turning into just this whole circus of a story that basically Hanley's like, I don't know what y'all are talking about. Like I'm here in the Dominican. Like I, I didn't have the drugs. I didn't know about the drugs. I wasn't involved in the drugs. Right. Um, but for some reason, homeboy decided to FaceTime him. There's also the element of, uh, the I mean, when you, the the Red Sox DFA'd him, which yeah. means any team in Major League Baseball can pick yeah. up Hanley Ramirez, and they have to pay him like the veteran minimum, nine hundred thousand dollars or some shit like that, right. like right. Nothing, 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 nothing for Hanley Ramirez, who for all of his other you know off field and and sort of like mental bullshit is a like legitimate. MLB player and you basically get him for free because the Red Sox have to pay his ridiculous salary and no team since May has there was really not even much much reporting of teams like kicking the tires on Hanley Ramirez which was really odd before this story came out it was like can anybody explain why no one has picked up Hanley Ramirez like what Mm -hmm. there's got to be something going on here that would that is it going on behind the scenes that's keeping teams away Well, and yeah, to add to that point, it's like Hanley is saying that he's not playing of his own choosing and he's just happy spending time with his family. And to that, I say, like, well, wasn't Alex Cora's rationale for releasing you from the team that he wasn't sure how you would react to not playing? Like you were so gung ho to play and be in the lineup every day, even when you were struggling, that he wasn't sure you could handle being benched. And now you're saying that you're just cool being home with your family and like relaxing in yeah, the DR. I'm, I'm very glad you pointed that out because that is absolutely accurate. Yeah, he part of the rationale, part of the quote unquote baseball decision that the Red Sox are adamantly uh, yeah. telling us that that's why they got rid of Hanley Ramirez. Nothing to do with all this fentanyl drug business. No. Is that it was a baseball decision, and that they be, the reason they released him and didn't just bench him is because yeah, like you said, he was they were concerned he wasn't going to react well to being benched. And now you know, fast forward two months, and no teams picked him up. He's like, oh no, guys, I'm just here in the Dominican. I'm just trying to right. chill out, spend time with my family. Like this was my plan all along. You're like oh okay, all right, well, <laughs> just, oh you're just that's, living your life. That's okay, a shift. Hanley. That's a significant right. shift in attitude towards playing the game of baseball, Hanley. Right. In fairness to Hanley, the guy that was arrested uh, did say that, you know, Hanley had nothing to do with the drugs and they weren't his. He, at the time of arrest, was very clear with telling the cop that, like, Hanley had nothing to do with it. But, I I mean, Hanley's obviously bros enough with this guy that he, like, answered his FaceTime call randomly. Right. So, and, like, I I don't even answer the phone when, like, people I know call. Right. You, you know, he definitely wasn't some, like, sort of kind of acquaintance that's calling and Hanley's going to answer the FaceTime. And, like, right. a video FaceTime? Christ. Nobody picks that up. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good... That's, text you're just back, hanging like, out on the couch, someone FaceTimes yeah. you? Like, come on. No thanks. 
Nobody's yeah, and I mean, it's it seems based on all the information that we know at this point, like it seems like Hanley is not guilty of any crime, right? right? Like knowing the guy that sells the fentanyl is not necessarily a crime, but what he is guilty of is just general associations, you know. And again, I say guilty, I lose use that term loosely, like right. you know, it's just like ooh, yikes, like. And, and like you sort of alluded to, like picking up the FaceTime call does sort of speak to a certain closeness between friends, you know? Right. Um, like Hanley didn't assume it was a butt dial. You know what I'm saying? Like right. he like right, picked right. that shit up and was like, what's up, dude? Oh, hello, officer. <laughs> like, what the <laughs> fuck? Yeah. Oh, sir. I don't know what could be in that box. And you can assume, you know, it's. I think it's safe to sort of like put yourself in the shoes of the guy who is actually running the drugs knowing Hanley and being like okay I'm gonna drop drop the biggest name I can right now with this like right. Massachusetts state trooper and see if this doesn't help my case at all yeah newsflash it did not yeah and actually you I, you mentioned earlier that it must have been some sort of traffic violation I uh, read on Boston.com I don't know who the writer was but I read the, one of these reports that it was not just random circumstance that got him pulled over it was like a tip from like New York oh. fi- state police that like hey like this this or that car with this much drugs is coming your way so like stay up you know oh so the cop knew what he was looking for too yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no it wasn't just like this oh, nice. random like oh I happen to like bang this illegal U-turn with all the fentanyl in my car it was like no just driving with fentanyl was the was the reason for the pullover situation oh Cool. I didn't see that part, so that's good to know. Yeah, so it's weird. I think it's hard not to, like, look at the timing of things and think it has to have played a part in the decision that the Red Sox made. Because I'm sure that either Hanley notified them in case it broke in the news or, you know, John Henry's a pretty powerful, influential guy, like... Someone at the Massachusetts State Police might have notified him, like, hey... Totally. Oh, that that is totally what it is. Yeah. Because all these teams have, like security detail and they're always like ex-troopers ex-fbi ex you know what i mean like that's yeah like remember when like the whole chandler jones thing happened he was like on drugs yeah. in the foxborough police department like that got to the patriots like the patriots had that information before the the public did you know right like it was like they came out with like a press release like that morning and were like no big deal chandler's fine it was a mistake like they were like all over it and like yeah, all these all these teams employ these security dudes just for this reason exactly, so they can get like the the rumblings from the people that are that are still in the you know feds. Yeah, but they're not learning about it in the Boston Globe. Well, hell no, about hell it. no. Yeah. yeah, and I think it was honestly like a combination of factors as to why he was released because it was a little head scratching yeah. yeah. oh, why yeah, they yeah. released him at the time. But like right. you know, you got to figure if you're you know Dave Dombrowski or whatever. And you're like, okay, here's this guy, Hanley Ramirez, who's playing every day. He's getting his at-bats. He's not really producing a ton. He was hitting, like, in the low like low to mid-200s. Like, he was, whatever, he was functioning, but he wasn't hitting well. Sure. And he's kind of a head case. If he hits a certain amount of at-bats, we got to pay him a truckload of money next year. Oh, right. and by the way, I'm hearing about this, like, drug bust that happened where somebody dropped his name and, like, all this bullshit. And it's just like, what is the upside of keeping our franchise attached to the name Hanley Ramirez right now. Like I don't see one. Let's drop them. We're going to say it's just baseball, you know, baseball decision and like move on. Right. You're going to do it anyway. You might as well do it now. Right. And they've since denied the reports that they knew about it, 
Which I don't sure. believe. But I actually do think it was probably the right move on the part of the Red Sox to just, like, wash their hands. Because they still got to oh. pay them. You know, it's right. not like football. You can't you, just cut the guy. They DFA'd him, so they're still paying him. But they're just like, nope, this guy is not wearing a Red Sox uniform anymore. Yeah, we're all set here. Anyway. Yeah, uh, weird little story. Yeah. Craig, you want to move into the lightning round? Yeah, let's rip it. I'm ready. I'm ready. So, speaking of the Red Sox, yes. their, their minor league affiliate, the Paw Sox, as you may have heard, mm-hmm. are going to run a promotion where they change their name for one night. They're going to be called the Pawtucket Hot Wieners. Apparently, that is some kind of Rhode Island delicacy. They're veal and pork hot dogs, mm. essentially, and have mustard, celery salt, chopped onions, and a seasoned meat sauce on them. Oh, the old seasoned meat sauce. Yeah, sounds interesting. Have you ever had a hot wiener, Craig? Uh, the the hot wiener that you just described, I have never experienced. No, I've never <laughs> had you, the pot chuck and hot wiener. To try one. You know, I actually would. The What, what you just described sounds oh, like a really? delightful oh. culinary experience. I'm a big sandwich guy. Uh, you know, and I'll, although I don't consider the hot dog a sandwich, oh, it's a, it's a cousin I almost of the just sandwich hung up family. Immediately on you. No, 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 no. I wouldn't, I wouldn't throw any blasphemy on these airwaves like that. Yeah, but yeah, no. Them. I know the, where serial killers located. Yeah, sure. Little mustard, little little celery salt, chopped onions. Yeah, I could do with or without the meat sauce. But yeah, I'll do like a, I'll do like a parts unknown Bourdain type thing and just go for it as is. Oh, I'll trust the I locals like on that one. Uh, and is that a commemorative jersey you would own? So the Hot Wieners jersey is where I would draw the line. Oh, uh, you know, it's funny because if I could, if I if I was given one, I'd wear yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if yeah. it was Hot Wiener, Stanton on the back, number ten. You know, I would I would stay with that. But you know, am I dropping the eighty five bucks or whatever for the Hot Wieners jersey? I got to pass. I got to I got to okay, pass well, on that. Christmas will be upon us before you know it. So, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we obviously just got into this a little bit, but I'm going to ask you a condensed version of this question, which is, uh, do you believe that the Red Sox knew about all this Hanny Ramirez uh, drug association affiliation nonsense when they DFA'd him, or are you believing that what they're telling us, which is that they just dropped him for baseball reasons? Hell no, I don't believe what they're telling us. Of course they knew about it, and it has to be a part of the reason. Agree. Yeah, that's obvious. Um, so we also talked during the Hanley thing about the FaceTiming. Uh, and FaceTime came up again this week. God, our transition game is just on fire right now. Uh, so strong. Um, so during the NBA draft, Terry Rozier was doing some live video thing with Bleacher Report. They asked him who he thought the Celtics were going to draft. And he said, I don't know. Let's call Danny. He then did just that. And the Celtics were like five minutes away from making their pick. So Danny was like in the hot seat and he answers the call. Terry Rozier gets Danny on the phone, asks him who he's leaning towards. And then basically through that broke the news that the Celtics were planning on drafting Bob Williams. Do you think anyone will ever trust anyone on FaceTime anymore? Yeah, it's I'll tell you, it's been a tough week for FaceTime for sure. Yeah, Uh, not great. (laughs) I, I think it's so weird when people re- go for FaceTime as like the, I got a, a small group of friends that like FaceTime as their primary method of like communicating, which I Ooh, find so still, Are they still strange. your friends? 
Yeah, well, I mean, once you get used to it, I mean, I never call them with the FaceTime. It's really just one friend of mine. But but anytime he tries to get in touch with me, it's always a FaceTime. Throw him out there. Blast him. Put him on Put him on blast. He, I mean, he yeah. already knows who he is now. Right. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's a weird, I don't know. I, I look at it as a very sort of personal thing, you know. Yeah, like you would FaceTime your girlfriend. I d- yeah yes not correct. your boss that's about it like that's like the end right. of the w- end of the list yeah maybe your mom yeah maybe it, you should Facetime your mom she deserves okay that. sure I see yeah. her often enough don't worry yeah okay do, but here's the thing do you think Danny was pissed that like he Terry Rozier didn't tell him he was doing an interview Danny no. had no idea what Terry Rozier was doing no 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 he did not disclose that he was on air I think Danny was probably not psyched. To yeah. know that he basically got like candid camera. He actually yeah. came out. Uh, he he looked pretty okay. Like Danny, yeah. like kind of like he looked. He ended up looking cool, uh, even though he didn't know he was like being filmed. Which is like makes me just kind of like Danny Ainge more. Like he like joked with Terry Rosier. He was like, "Oh yeah, we're about to draft a point guard." And like, that fuck was you, pretty Terry. Funny. Like yeah. that was good. And then he was just well, like, "Yeah, man, him. we're about to draft this guy, Bob Williams." Like we're looking at the medical. Right. He was just like very forthright, very friendly. Like it seemed like they were like buddies, which kind of made Danny like. At the end of the day, I think Danny Ainge looks like a cool guy after all this, so he can't be that yeah. mad, I wouldn't imagine. But, yeah, I can't imagine he was psyched to hear that that conversation was broadcast to, like, bazillions of people. Uh, <laughs> let's stay in the association, shall we? Okay. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, uh, San Antonio Spur, is apparently forcing his way out of San Antonio. He's basically demanding a trade and wants to go to the Lakers. Um, he And he also sort of sat out this entire year with, like, a pretty much made-up quad injury he, like, hardly played. Uh, yeah. This seems to be a new trend in the NBA developing over the last couple of years where players basically insist on a trade and essentially hold the team hostage um, using their own talent and their own ability and willingness to play as leverage. Uh, so, Melissa, do you think this is a big problem for the NBA? And if so, how would they combat it? Who, how could they combat it? I do kind of think it's a problem for the NBA because it keeps happening, and, and what I think it does is it reduces parity in the league. Like, teams aren't able to have a long-term plan for a team and build through the draft and free agency because all of a sudden they have this, like, superstar that kind of freaks out and wants to be traded and, like, is picking where they go. And now you're not really getting the trade value back for that player right. to keep Because everybody keep you that you would even. be trading with knows that he wants out and that you right. are forced to trade him. Right. And that would be stupid. For, for you to pay full price for it's like you can have the half what you deserve for the guy or nothing like which do you choose you know and I think it like sets teams back and that that's a problem like if I was a fan of that team and I've been you know the Spurs are a bad example in that case because they are a good team they are consistently like they have a great head coach they have other great players but you know if you're a team that's been like middling and you're you're watching these players come along. Like I'm thinking about the 76ers right now. Right. And they have like Simmons and that other guy that I hate. Joel Embiid. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, You know, if one of them all of a sudden demanded a trade and it's like, wait, this is like the plan. This is what we've been working towards. And now it's just kind of shot to hell. I think it's a real problem. And I don't know if the, you know, maybe the NBA needs to put in, there are tons of trade rules that they have in place as far as like things have to like even out and match up from like a money perspective but i wonder if they just need to say like maybe they have like final say on trades which that sounds crazy too yeah it's it it does create a weird power dynamic where the teams are just kind of like handcuffed if they if a star player is uh you know choosing to just 
shoot his way out of town. Right. But I don't know what the answer is to it. Yeah, me neither. All right, moving on. Uh, I don't know if you saw this or not, but Tom Brady had himself a good time and attended the U2 concert in, in town this week. Hmm. He recorded himself singing along and dancing to some of his favorite U2 jams. Uh, he then posted it, just to be clear. Has social media been the undoing of Tom Brady? Yes. Yes. A thousand times yes, Tom. Oh, my God. I could go on for 45 minutes about this, but I'll try to keep this brief. It was so much better, and Tom Brady was so much cooler when he just didn't talk, and he didn't share his life with us, and he didn't give us behind-the-scenes glimpses into his world and his personality, because you could just project whatever personality you thought would Tom Brady would have. That's the one that he had in your mind. And you would, there was no way that you would be wrong, because there was nothing that you would show that, that nothing that he would show that would, that would fly in the face of that. Oh, God, I just wish he would disable every social media account because he's the most unrelatable weirdo ever. Yeah. And I don't even blame him for that necessarily. Like, how can you be relatable? Like, once you get to a certain point of, like, fame, fortune, worldwide, like, ridiculous celebrity, like, I, yeah. I don't expect you to be normal anymore. So, like, I actually forgive the weirdness, but just, God, keep it to yourself, man. He's just so hard to root for because he's so weird. Yes, Social media has absolutely been the undoing of Tom Brady. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Also, you two, average at best. Fight me. I hate them. <laughs> I hate you two. I think they're terrible. And they didn't play like anything from the Joshua Tree because they just did a whole tour where they only played the Joshua Tree. And that's like one of their one of the one of the respectable pieces of music that that band has uh, given the world. Yeah, it's like the only one that I would listen to. And it, that even that would be under duress. Anyway. Under duress. I put All that right, switching just so I could say YouTube sucks. Switching gears, switching gears, switching gears. Okay, uh, I'm ready. The uh, here's a here's a wild one. The 1997 okay. Seattle Mariners. That's right, folks. The 1997 Seattle Mariners hold the season single season home run record, where they smash 264 dongs. That team had Alex Rodriguez, Ken Griffey Jr., and Randy Johnson, who obviously was a pitcher, but the rest of the team was a bunch of scrubs whose names you wouldn't recognize. Uh, the U New York Yankees <laughs> are currently on pace to beat that record and hit 268 home runs this season. The question to you, Clarky, expert on the topic, do chicks still uh -huh. dig the long ball? Yes, hard yes. And additional question, double bonus question, did you have any idea that the 97 Mariners were that fucking power hungry? No, no idea. I definitely would have thought it would have been a... Late 90s, early 2000s Yankees team that held that record. I would have assumed the same. Yeah, maybe like Maguire era Cardinals or something. But yeah, who knew? Sure. But even on those teams, it was really just like him, like the Bonds teams. I was thinking like a Giambi, Teixeira, you know, those boneheads. A little but before yeah. Teixeira's time. But yeah, I'm with you on yeah. that. Sure. There's a guy I can't picture. I can picture him, but I can't think of his name. My memory is shit tonight but whatever yeah, uh but yeah tick chicks do still dig the long ball i think it's still what makes baseball exciting is that the game can be turned instantly with the swing of a bat and like it's that pitcher versus hitter duel constantly and you just never know when it's gonna happen it's exciting amen all right i got one last one for you i'm ready the fifa world cup started sure How did exciting 
Uh, they're still in the group phase currently. That actually ends today, Tuesday. Um, so far, Messi and Ronaldo have advanced to the knockout round, although it was close for Ronaldo and Portugal. I ask you, Craig, do you know anything about soccer and how these rounds work? And do you have a country that you're cheering for in this spectacular event? Uh, so first question, I do not know anything about soccer or about the organization <laughs> of the World Cup tournament. Damn it. I really have a lot of questions. I never played soccer as a child. I really have no uh, understanding of other than the very basic fundamentals of the rules, how the game works. I do enjoy watching it, though, uh, oh. mostly when I have a rooted interest, a, 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 a team that I have you know, invested mm -hmm. caring in. And that brings mm -hmm. me to question number two. Do I have a country that I'm rooting for? Not really, because the pathetic fucking USA men's team couldn't make the tournament like right. last year and some like random qualifier that you usually never even hear about. They, yeah, they like fucking lost to bowed out or something. Yeah, yeah. they uh, uh, totally trash, totally unacceptable, totally embarrassing. Them in Italy, fucking Italy, didn't make the tournament either. Like, come yeah. the fuck on. A lot of people are cheering for Iceland because they're like the smallest country that's ever been in the World Cup. I have a hard huh. time rooting for Iceland. They were the bad guys in Mighty Ducks too. That still exactly. sticks with me. Yeah. Not about we that know. life. Once yeah. you're told that they're a villain when you're like eight, they will forever be a villain, even <laughs> though Iceland is a harmless nation. Filled exactly. With, I'm sure very nice people, although I've never been. Well, we learned in Mighty Ducks 2 that yeah. Greenland is full of ice and Iceland is very nice. We, we, some, I, some of us learned that. What I learned in Mighty Ducks 2 was that Iceland is the devil. <laughs> I'm also, I'm from Framingham, Massachusetts, which has a very large Brazilian population. Whenever Brazil uh, yeah. does well in the World Cup or the Olympics or whatever, the, the town of Framingham basically shuts down. Downtown Framingham basically shuts down and it's like a fucking parade. So I kind of find myself pulling for Brazil just because I like seeing that. But other than that, uh, yeah. I could really give two poops. Although I am watching like during the weekdays, just throwing it on because why not? Oh, really? Yeah, I watched a little Argentina-Nigeria today, watched a little oh. Saudi Arabia, and uh, who the fuck was it the other day? I don't know. Whatever. I'm just watching random soccer all the time now. That's fun. I think I'm going to cheer for Ronaldo just because it's the one thing he hasn't won. Uh, yeah, Portugal has not has not won a World Cup in the Ronaldo so, era anyways. Maybe they did yeah. a million years ago, but yeah, that's yeah, okay. Sure. I'll just go for the obvious draw. Go for the handsome guy. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with exactly. that. That's how life works. <laughs> Gotta yeah, go for the totally. handsome guy. He's going the right way. That's why I'm rooting for Danny Amendola down in Miami. <laughs> I was really hoping you were going to understand how this whole thing works because I'm, I'm curious and I have questions and. No, nope, I can provide no. It's very confusing. No context around group play or any of that bullshit. Yellow cards and red cards and knockout rounds and group play. Whatever. Anyway. I got nothing. Well, that's all we have for you guys uh, this week. Mm hmm. Thanks for listening. Sorry again about missing last week. Deal with it. Yeah, it's a fake apology, but we're sorry. That's how most of them are anyway. If you want to yell at us or tell us we were wrong or explain to me how FIFA groups work, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, at TitletownCast on all of the above. Yeah, sure. Uh, and drop us a line there. Uh, you can also rate us on iTunes. You could leave a little review if you're feeling frisky. Whoa. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, thanks and bye. Yeah, see you next week, Clarky. Later. Yes, bye.